From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Hi, I'm Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. Today, we are talking weird foods of the South. Those weird and wonderful concoctions that tickle the taste buds for some and are downright disgusting for others. Let's talk about cool lickles, peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches, pig ears in the pride of Northeast Mississippi, the slug or dough burger. Join the conversation and tell us what is going on in your weird world and your experiences. Call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. We are so glad you're tuned in this morning to Deep South Dining. Carol, how in the world are you this morning? I'm great, Mal. How are you? And what went on this weekend? It was a long, long weekend. Uh, very restful. Uh, Ren came over, the granddaughter, and we had a lot of fun. Kara made a strawberry pie, which was outrageous. And I continued to just poke along with tomatoes, and I made some pickles. I uh, love making pickles. Were these Not like... Not cool lickles, but pickles. But pickles, okay. Uh, these were dill, sweet and sour... I, I just change the um, the mixture all the time. I'm always, uh, you know, of course, so. you're always experimenting. <laughs> experimenting did, with did you get those little yes. little pickles from the farmers market? Yes, I don't use the big ones. I use the the pickling cucumbers. Pickling cucumbers. They are called. Yes, they are, and, and they are in abundance this time of year. So, what about you? Did you eat well and enjoy your weekend, your we, holiday? We always eat well. It was too hot to fish, mm. but it was cool enough to cook inside. Um, but I did make homemade peach ice cream. The best and. This ice cream had whole milk, a can of evaporated milk, oh boy. and a can of condensed milk. My favorite. So it was a cooked custard, and it was very rich. And then I tried, you know, Trudy Fisher was with us on the barbecue show, and yes, she, she brought some grilled corn in here. So I tried grilled corn, which turned out to be just as easy as, as she said it was. You just grill some corn. And make turn a salad. It, turn it every two minutes till it kind of gets charred. Slice it off. Add a little olive oil. Um, I smoked a couple of red peppers and put in it for color, but it was delicious. You know, I, I made a, uh, <clears throat> a Boston butt, and, and I'm a little confused. Maybe you can help me with this. I'm not a butcher. So, so that cut of meat is called the pork shoulder. But the particular piece is called the butt. Now, the shoulder and the butt are a long way from each other. So yep. you know anything about that? I don't. I'll have to um, ask the butcher next yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think of Boston butt as beef, but what do I know? I mean, we're just home cooks, and I don't <laughs> Well, I, don't I, I made meat. a pork uh, Boston butt. A pork and, butt. And I smoked, as you, I was sort of talking about what you were saying, I smoked a whole bunch, grilled and smoked a whole bunch of peppers and onions and used it for a multitude of things, including my huevos rancheros breakfast yesterday. Uh, it was I used the peppers and onions from that. Wow. I'm getting hungry. I know it. I want to stop by Gillespie mm. Street for that one. Come on by. 
Well, so we're going to talk about weird foods. I know you have been interested in this topic for some time now. This is all about Carol. Malcolm, thank you for for bearing with me. But I have wanted to talk about weird foods for a long time because Mississippi has so many weird foods. But as you know, one person's weird food is another person's delicacy. Right. Right. And, you know, you put it out on Facebook and got literally, what, Uh, over 100, over 100 ideas. You mentioned weird on Facebook, and you're going to get overrun. So so I had hundreds of replies from people who would almost always say, well, first of all, weird uh, is a matter of perspective. And then they would go on to say the weirdest thing that they've ever eaten or the weirdest thing that they remember. And our buddy uh, Jay Baker talked about tomato aspic and he talked about how weird tomato aspic was and in fact he said the first time he ever came face to face with an aspic was at your grandmother's house now, I was really surprised to, to see that. It warmed my heart. But um, who knew tomato aspic was weird? But you probably had over 10 people that specifically mentioned oh, tomato aspic. Absolutely. And and I grew up eating it, as as many people did, yeah. along with the multiple jello salads, the gelatin salads. Yeah. Uh, in one of Julia Reed's New York Times articles, she was talking about uh, our Delta dining, which was a cookbook in the Delta, people still use it, but of the 71 salads, 50 of them <laughs> there you go. were congealed. So uh, congealing was a big thing uh-huh. in the in the 50s and, and 60s, and you just could not have a luncheon without having a tomato aspic, and a lot of places are, are still like that. Absolutely. And but, I told you about the aspic I've always wanted to make, the one that has the shrimp embedded, embedded in it with sort of a cocktail topping. Haven't done it yet, but it's always been something I've considered. Well, in case people think they have to wait to make tomato aspic in the summer when tomatoes are fresh, Mm -hmm. no need to worry, because you make it with with tomato juice. Gotcha. Um, But the first tomato aspic recipe was recorded in 1375. So tomato aspic is 131375. And it used to be such a big deal and such a, a gourmet dish because you had to make it from meat stock. Mm. So you had to, like, boil down bones and a yeah, lot of, because they didn't lot of gelatinous gelatin, material. Right. But luckily for us, um, powdered gelatin was invented or patented in 1845, and then Charles Knox of the famous Knox Gelatin Uh came along in 1890, and Southerners have been congealing ever since. Now, you've spent a great part of your weekend digging through these old cookbooks from the 50s and 60s, right? I did. I was, had was this a lot your of mother's fun. collection, well, or do you, were, do you collect these old I, cookbooks? I collect them, uh, and some of them are my mom's. It's fun to see her notes in the back. But what got me into looking at them was I was thinking about tomato aspic and just seeing how many different variations there are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're not that many. Um, I went from cookbook to cookbook, and I found one low-calorie tomato aspic. And the only <laughs> low-calorie you take out thing, the, you the take cup a, of sugar. No, it was like a tablespoon, tablespoon. of sugar. Oh, okay. But um, I do want to pass on, on to our listeners, if, if you're interested in unmolding your aspic, mm. that I read several several different versions of this. But you dip your mole in warm 
tap water, the yeah. bottom of the mow. You hold it in there, and you, you kind of jiggle. Oh, and that's it how said you wiggle. Get... The recipe actually is wiggle. <laughs> then you put your serving piece upside over it down and flip it over upside uh, down. I remember seeing my grandmother do that. So, what were some other weird foods on the list? Well, there was a lot of talk about pig feet and pig ears and things in jars on counters in uh, grocery stores and in uh, gas stations. Uh, particularly the cool lickles, which we're going to we'll talk about, talk cool about later. What about salmon croquettes? I well, think I saw that on your list. Who need that? The weird thing was, as I was engaging with all these people about what they considered weird foods, someone posted a salmon croquette recipe, and I just simply shared it. And lo and behold, everybody moved off of the weird food uh, conversation and into the salmon croquette and began talking about the salmon croquettes that they grew up with and how much they loved them, and people still eat them to this day. And uh, one reason is when we were in school, it kind of dates people who talk about that. Uh, Catholics couldn't eat meat on Friday, so in public schools, we had fish dishes on Friday, right. and the salmon croquette was the big deal. Hmm. Well, people also talked about alligator meat. Which in Louisiana is certainly not a weird thing. Not at all, but some people found it weird. Of course, there was a lot of conversation about the slug burger or the dough burger, which we'll talk more about later. Hoe cakes. People talk a lot about hoe cakes. Hoe cakes. Yeah. Not weird to me. How about you? No, never, never thought of that as weird. What about French dressing on pizza? That's weird. Well, people seem to be attracted to that. Seems to be a thing, as they say. But we got lots and lots and lots of, of great feedback. Uh, again, a lot of it was about pickled pig feet, pig ears, pig lips. I didn't know there were pig, pig lip lips. sandwiches. Well, this, this is testimony to, you know, using the whole pig from tongue to tail, <clears throat> so <Right>. they say. <clears throat> now, Ellen Bordeaux sent in a great one. She said this was something that she observed in Vicksburg in the summertime. <clears throat> a man worked, uh, and he would go out to a convenience store every day for lunch, and he would eat pickle Pick, <laughs> pickled pig feet sandwiches, and the bread of the sandwich was two honey buns. Ooh. I don't know. That sounds I didn't uh, know they made honey exciting. buns anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, as a child growing up in Boonville, we would go eat heated honey buns, oh, yes. which was a very desirable uh, dessert. And you would get a heated honey bun on a flat-top grill with a little butter at it, yeah. brown both sides, Dollop of, of vanilla ice cream on top, 15 cents. You go I'm with hungry. that all day long. I'm hungry. Heated honey bun with ice cream. I'll, uh, well, I think some of our uh, some of our weird foods come from state fairs, and we'll talk a lot about that too. But my personal favorite is one from the Wisconsin State Fair called Fat Elvis on a Stick. Oh, my goodness. What is that? It is peanut butter, chocolate, and bacon combined in a banana batter. And fried. Oh, and they goodness. say it's savory, sweet, and extra crispy. Well, we're going to the phone early here. We've got a caller from Hattiesburg that wants to talk about the Boston butt. Maybe, maybe they can answer this question you and I had about the butt versus the shoulder. I hope so. Right. Raylani, can you? What's going on, Raylani? Well, I'm not a butcher, but I do believe the Boston butt is like the shoulder of the pig. And if you imagine that shoulder like a thigh, mm-hmm. when you cut it in half, 
the bottom half towards the knee is the shank part, and the part up towards the hip would be the butt part. Well, thank you, Raylani. That's very helpful. Uh, as I said, I'm not a butcher, but I sometimes have been confused about the shoulder also being the butt. Now you've cleared it yes. up, and that's very kind of you to call. And straighten oh, you're welcome. Out. Have a good day. Yeah, thank you. Another, bye-bye. Uh, yeah, bye-bye. A couple other things on the list that uh, of, of Facebook uh, was head cheese, chitlins, souse, a few things like that. Again, mostly f- centered around pig the pig. Yeah, people. But head cheese is actually was a British delicacy, and it's a terrine uh, or a mold of meat jelly from the head of the pig set in aspic again made of organ parts beautiful we see the aspic in many yes many and sauce is head cheese but with vinegar all right let's take a break uh it is time uh, for us to pause and come back when we do come back we're going to talk more about weird foods we're going to talk with our buddy gino lee from the big apple inn gino's going to join us to talk about the pig ear sandwiches and the the great tradition down on ferry street we're going to take a break and we'll be back call us join the conversation we'd love to hear from you one one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or drop us an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hello, Mississippians. I'm Nick Spitzer, host of American Roots, just over the horizon in New Orleans, inviting you to join me every Saturday at five p.m. for blues and jazz. Roots Rock and Soul, Gospel, Country, Cajun, Swamp Pop, plus other songs and stories from the Gulf South and beyond. For American Roots, stay tuned to MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with my great buddy, Carol Puck. Hello, Carol. Hello, Mal. We're talking weird food, unusual food, food that strikes you as odd. Some people think hot is good. Some people think tomato aspic is weird. Yeah, we don't think so. Well, in this segment, we're going to talk about uh, the infamous slug burger, dough burger, Johnny burger. Call it what you will. But it's primarily uh, a phenomenon of northeast Mississippi centered in the Alcorn, Tishomingo, Union, Prentice, Lee County area. That same area that served the Northeast Mississippi Community College, where my father was president and I lived for many years. So, so I know this a little bit about. proverbial neck of the woods. I know a little bit about a, a slug or a dough. A dough, a Weeks burger? Yes, Willie Weeks and his family, uh, two generations of, of, a, of an old burger stand. It was actually in a trolley car when, they, when his dad had it. Well, his dad actually brought the recipe uh, from Chicago in 1917, but the slug burger really, uh, you know, gained prominence or or you know, people started cooking a lot of it in the Depression. It's considered a Depression area. Depression yes. area food, a Depression <laughs> era. era. It was era an ex- a way to extend the meat and to get uh, a better bang yeah, for your buck. Yeah, because meat was scarce and it was expensive. So they started grinding the pork or the beef mm-hmm. and and putting it with soy flour, right. white flour, uh, even um, 
I think cornflakes or yeah. some some kind of flake, some sort of extender. Extender, as now, we say. In Tupelo, um, there is a place called Johnny's Drive-In. It's been there a really, really long time. And in fact, Elvis uh, used to stop in Johnny's often when he was going back and forth from his East Tupelo home to downtown Tupelo. And uh, I recently was able to jump into Johnny's one morning and visit uh, with a, with a woman who owns the place. And she was explaining to me that their burger, it's not a dough, it's not a slug. They actually call it a Johnny burger. Johnny's is Tupelo's oldest restaurant. It was opened October 17, 1945 by Mr. John and Miss Margaret Chisholm. They were the original owners. So, so um, that's why it's called Johnny's. That's why it's called Johnny's. So um, we've tried to stay pretty true to what Mr. Don and Miss Margaret started. Um, you know, things have changed a little bit, but not a whole lot. <laughs> do y'all y'all serve barbecue? We do, we do. We smoke here on site. So. And you also serve burgers. We do. Do you do a slug burger or? A... Well, those are the Johnny burgers. Oh, they're Johnny burgers. <laughs> so they're not technically. They're not slug burgers. There is a difference. Okay, so. what's the difference? It's a secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't give away all the all the, <laughs> all the good stuff. all the good stuff now. <laughs> okay, but it's a it's the way y'all make it, right? And it's the way that Miss Margaret and Mr. John started in '45. So did it start as a hamburger place? Or? It was mainly barbecue and, and and the burgers, just because it, you know it was the '40s and uh, they were doing the dough burgers as they called them then. We've kind of now they've become known as the Johnny Burgers, okay. but those were just a way to with them being the dough burgers, a way to ration the meat and make them go further. So. Their menu was was limited, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we have expanded the menu. So what is the most popular item on the menu? The Joe Burgers. Um, you mean the Johnny Burgers? The Johnny Burgers, yes. Yes, you got me there. <laughs> Malcolm, I know that there is a lot of controversy about the Slug Burger and who claims it. I know you're from Boonville. That's right. But for me, and I think for lots of other people, Corinth is actually calls itself the Slug Burger Capital of the World. Wow. And and as you know, my significant other is from Corinth and we've been known from time to time to stop by Borum Drugs, which is it's the oldest drugstore in the state and it's kind of Slug Burger headquarters for the Slug Burger Festival. And looking at the board, I see someone from Corinth on Let's the see. phone. I bet Jerome is ready to defend. Let's see what Jerome Corinth. says about the Corinth uh, crown of of the Slug Burger. Jerome, you're on. Hey, how you doing? Good. All right. Look, um, I understand the, the Slug Burgers. It's a nice burger and stuff like that. But I got a question. I'm thinking about that. And uh, a long time ago, we used to eat like uh, something like called pork salad. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in years, and I wanted to. I, I got something growing around my garden, and I wanted to try it, but there was a controversy about if you didn't do it right, it was poison. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I've heard that, but I don't believe it. Uh, but because people have been eating uh, uh, poke salad for a long time, in fact, there's songs written about it. Uh, poke salad, Annie. Exactly. Now, when I've eaten it, and I haven't eaten it that often, I cook it just like I cook greens. Uh, so you don't have to boil it three or four times? Well, you just boil it until it's tender. You cook it down with some onions and, and, and different seasonings. But I treat it just like I would turnips or collards or mustard greens. 
Okay. And I know it is toxic if you don't prepare it correctly. So I, I do think you you have to boil it down. Do you know Be what serious about what takes it. the the toxic element out of it? Well, I don't. It's I well, guess I guess you don't eat it raw. You don't eat it raw. <laughs> it's not a salad vegetable. It, it sprouts in the springtime and it well, has what, lymphatic cleaning cleansing properties. Oh boy. We'll do some uh, digging and try to answer your question specifically about the uh, poke salad uh, potential poisoning. But uh, I know a lot of people have been eating it for a long time. For a long time. But don't start eating it until you hear from us, Jerome. And thanks for your call. All right. Now, speaking of Corinth and and, and the, the, the Borum drugs in Corinth, there's also a fabulous festival up there, Carol. And I know you've done some work. And and you've gotten somebody to give us a call and give us some details have, about this. Because in fact, it's this weekend, and I'm Coming very up. excited about it. Is, uh, so let's get the let's get the uh, Brittany on the phone, who is the what president of Main Street, of Main who Street, puts on the Slugburger Festival. And it Festival. looks like uh, Angela Avent might be on the okay, phone great. too. Who's Hello, ladies. Main Street. Hi. Good Hi, morning. Guys. Good morning. Let's talk Slugfest. Absolutely. We're excited. We're getting ramped up for the 32nd annual Slugburger Festival this weekend. Uh, we're starting the carnival on Thursday and then live entertainment through the weekend on Friday and Saturday. The carnival will run all weekend long as well. And, of course, the uh, coveted Miss Slugburger pageant on, at, on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Well, I, I read about the Miss Slugburger pageant, and I'm sorry that there's not one for older or seasoned people, but I see that you start early because from age zero to two is the wee Miss Slugburger, mm. and it goes on from there to tiny Miss Slugburger. Um, but no Miserous Slugburger there or is no adult Slugburger. To be Miss Slugburger, the, uh, the overall winner, you have to be between 17 and 19. Oh, okay. And it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that aside, ladies, tell us what goes on at the festival. I, there's got to be some eating of the slug burgers. Yeah, there is. Um, so we've changed it up a bit throughout the years. We have um, we've had a backyard eating competition before. We've even brought in the major league eating uh, biggest competitors in the world. Um, and we are, we think, the slug burger capital of the world. And because of that, we do hold the uh, most slug burgers ever eaten in the world. And that was by Joey Chestnut from Major League Eating. So, um, you know, we've I run think- into Joey Chestnut in many places. He just lost the donut contest for the first time. Uh, he, yeah. He's won the hot dog contest. I mean, this guy, they call him Jaws. Yeah. We got to get him on. We got to get him. We got to get Joey on. We got to get him on the show. What is the Slug Burger voice idol or Slug Voice? What What is that about on Friday night? Um, so that's one of our one of our famed events as well, and that's hosted by Garrett Eye Clinic here in Corinth, and we're really excited about that partnership. But if you can picture the voice on TV where the judges' chairs are turned around backwards, right? Um, Someone comes down the stage in a blind singing competition, uh, and then as each judge likes what they hear, they turn their chairs around, and at the end we have a crowd favorite who is the winner of the um, the Slug Voice contest. So uh, they sign up in advance, and sign-ups are going on this week. You can you can uh, find the sign-ups on our, our uh, Facebook page. It's not too late, Malcolm. I know. I was it's just looking at my late. schedule. There's still hope. There's still hope. Uh, 
And so sign up, they're going on right now, and there'll be a junior version and then an adult version. Hey, you can compete in that, Carol. Yeah, an adult, a a very adult (laughs) version. But back to the eating part, are there different stands or booths or food trucks? How is the Slug Burger represented? How will people be able to eat the Slug Burger if they come to the fest? So that changes every year because we do have up to 10 different restaurants just right here in Corinth that serve um, the Slug Burger. This year, we will be promoting our local Rotary Club, and the Rotary Club will be serving Slug Burgers uh, at the carnival site as well as the entertainment site uh, all weekend long. So Rotary holds the exclusive right to cook in the Slug Burger for this year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So all of this I goes on. They're home pattying up a lot of Slug Burgers. You know they are. They've been up for weeks. <laughs> I know. I happened to be in Borum Drugs the week before the Slug Burger a few, a few years ago, and there were four ladies sitting back in the booth pattying Slug Burgers to stacks and stacks and stacks, and they said they would be doing it for days. That's oh, good. Yeah. yeah, it's a delicacy. Yes, it is, and it has, it's uh, major community famous. Not that Corinth needed another thing to be famous for, but the Slugfest is quite, a, quite an exciting time. Give us the details of when it starts, how long it lasts, what goes on, just a, a, sort of an overview. Got a couple of minutes. Uh, the, well, the, the carnival starts Thursday afternoon at 5 o'clock, and it will run until 10. And that's all that goes on on Thursday. And then Friday evening, the gates will open at 5.30, getting ready for idle on this side. And on the other side, the carnival will get going about 5 o'clock. So the idle will go on until about 7.30 or 8. And then the mustache band will take the stage and close the night out there. Saturday morning at 10 is the pageant at the Coliseum in downtown Corinth. Carnival gets going at 12, and the entertainment side will open at 6. And we have three acts, Lady Sundown, Jack Lighting, and Skylar Anderson from Holly Springs, Mississippi, is our headliner this year. Great. Well, look, good luck uh, this weekend on the Slugfest in Corinth, Mississippi. We appreciate you joining us on Deep South Dining. We're going to take another break here, and when we come back, we're going to have my good buddy Gino Lee join us in the studio live. Gino is the owner-operator of the Big Apple Inn, the historic Big Apple Inn on Fair Street, and we're going to talk about hots. We're going to talk about pig ears. We're going to talk about tamales. We're going to talk about his family uh, the long history of the Big Apple Inn down on Ferris Street. We'll take your calls. We're talking odd food, weird food, call it what you will. We're going to take a break, come back, and talk to Gino Lee. That's it for Deep South Dining for the moment. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett and our good friend Gino Lee. Welcome in, Gino. Appreciate it, Malcolm. Good seeing you, man. Good to see you again. Uh, How's everything down on Ferris Street? Same old, same old. Um, we're still operating. Not much else is going on Ferry Street, though. It's a sad deal. A it lot is. of energy, time, resources were put into the potential revitalization. And uh, I know you've, you've hung in there for how many generations? Four. Four generations. Yeah, fourth generation. You're, you're just waiting. Just yeah. waiting patiently. Waiting. We don't plan on going anywhere. Um, as long as our building stands, we're going to be there. Tell us a little history uh, about the Big Apple, and I, I love the story. Of, I guess it was your great great grandfather with the with the tamale stand. Is that right? 
Yeah, my great grandfather. Yeah, well, actually, um, there was a there were two guys down there in the in the Fair Street area selling tamales. Um, there was a guy named Mexican Joe, and he actually had a little cart. I mean, he was big time. My great grandfather in the early and mid 1930s actually sat on a corner on Ferris Street and had an open fire in the ground and put a tin drum on top of it and sold his tamales out of the tin drum. Oh, wow. So, so he wasn't mobile. He wasn't like Mexican Joe. That's what they called Mexican <laughs> Joe. Right. Um, they, it was Mexican Joe and Big John. They were the two hot tamale guys around the area. And, and that's when, how we got started. When did y'all move indoors? In 1939, mm-hmm. um, a building became available, and um, they offered it to my great-grandfather for $100. In the 30s, my great-grandfather didn't have $100. So wow. he got together with his son, and um, they both put up 50 and opened up the Big Apple. Now, where did your tamale recipe come from? From my great-grandfather. My great-grandfather is originally from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Juan, J-U-A-N, Juan Mora. But here in Mississippi, they couldn't pronounce Juan, so they called him John. Ah. Big John. Big John, actually. Yeah, um, Big John. And Carol, but the neat thing about Big John was he stood about four foot eleven. <laughs> yeah, he was four foot eleven tall, and he was about four foot eleven wide. You know, when the doctor told him to get into shape, the shape he chose was a circle. A circle, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So they called him Big John for obvious reasons. Now, y'all been down there a long time, and I, did you just start off with tamales and slowly move into other foods, other yeah, menu items? We first opened up, um, it was tamales, and they sold different little fruits, and it was like a little convenience store. Mm. And then came the sandwiches, the smoked sausage sandwiches, which is our staple. And, um, yeah, that came next, and then became, you know, um, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs. Then my great-grandfather would go every day to the butcher to pick up his smoked sausage. Now, the smoked sausage was only made here in Mississippi. The brand is called Red Rose. It, uh, it's still made here in Mississippi, really? not made anywhere else, and it's not shipped out of the state. So he'd go to the butcher and pick up his, his Red Rose smoked sausage, and the butcher noticed that he's coming every day. So he said, John, do you want these pig ears? I'm not doing anything with them. You know, we're throwing them away. He said, yeah, I'll figure out something to do with them, and took them home and figured out a way to make a sandwich out of them. And how do you prepare the ear? I mean, well, because it's got to start off kind of tough. Oh, my goodness. It's as tough as a piece of leather. I mean, when you're cutting it, you have to sharpen your knife several times just to cut a box of pig ears. Um, my great-grandfather started out 80 years ago and had to boil it for three days just to get it tender enough to bite through. For yeah. three days? Three days. Wow. That's how long it would take. You know, Is that still the way some tough ears. <laughs> that's some tough ear. Oh, yeah. That's some good listening. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still the way it's done? No, no. Now They um, come tenderized? Well, no. They, they still come leather tough, uh-huh. but we pressure cook them. Uh-huh. And now after pressure cooking for just two hours, they get tender. That's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and when people come in, they, they always order a pair of ears. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a pair of ears. Yeah. No, um, no. You know, you can get just one ear. Yeah. Um, do you know if it's the left or right? I don't. Now, when we're cutting, we do. Ah. Uh-huh. But we don't have anybody specify. Okay. They don't <laughs> come in and say, I'll have a left ear. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and as I remember, you sell them with a, a slaw and maybe a mustard sauce That's, on that's them. the sausage sandwich, isn't it? Well, all of them. All oh. of our sandwiches, we have five sandwiches. In fact, we only have six things in our menu. Hot tamales, hamburgers, hot dogs, bologna, um, smokes, and pig ears. And that's it. And, you know, it, and we keep it that way because that's what we do, and we do it well. And it's simple. Well, obviously, you do it well because you've been on the Food Network. <laughs> you've been on the Travel <laughs> Channel. Uh, you know, people yeah. have come from near and far. Anthony Bourdain, yeah. the late yeah. Anthony Bourdain, yeah. came to eat pig ears. Yeah, we, 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 we've attracted some attention. It's been really neat. In fact, um, we had a, we're now open to a tour group that comes out of California. 
And they come to Mississippi to go on a civil rights tour at least twice a month. And we're closed on Mondays, but we open the Big Apple for them. And we feed them and give them a, a history of Ferris Street, and it's really neat. But, but that goes to show you, people are coming from everywhere right. to see what we have in Mississippi. That's why, Malcolm, I think Ferris Street is a hidden gem that people will come if it's just, you know, it's one of those things. If you build it, they'll come. Right. You know, it's one of those hidden gems. But as far as the smoked sausage, um, what you were asking, Carol, was um, what goes on it. The same thing goes on all the sandwiches. All the sandwiches are served on a slider bun with a mustard sauce, slaw, and our homemade hot sauce. That's on every sandwich. On every sandwich. And what is your lead? What What is your most popular item? By far, the smoked sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a majority of the people come and order a smoked sausage, and they'll order, you know, they might order four smoked sausage sandwiches and two pig ears, but they always get that one pig ear or two pig ears with their sandwiches. How huh. much does a pig ear, pig ear sandwich cost? All sandwiches are $1.60. $1.60. $1.60. When we opened up in 1939, everything was a dime. And believe me... We just had a price increase to a dollar sixty, and we have folks that complain. I remember when they were. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you do. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's a dollar sixty. <laughs> you told me not so long ago that that the pig ears were becoming harder and harder to get because they were using them for for dog chews yes. or some kind of pet item. Is that? Do I remember that story? Yeah, right? you're absolutely right. You know, pig ears. At one time, we used to get them free. And uh-huh. then when the butcher realized that we were making money on it, he started charging them. It still wasn't very much. It was right. still very cheap. When I started the Big Apple, oh my goodness, I forgot how long ago, close to 20-something years ago, um, I remember getting a case of pig ears for like t- between 20 and 30 bucks. Now it's over $100 for a case of pig ears. No. Yeah. Because if you go to a pet store. dogs love a pig Yeah, ear. they, they smoke leathered. the pig ears. Yeah. That's right. And the, the dogs love them. So they drove the price of pig ears up. <laughs> wow. You could set up a little pet shop on the I side know, right? and sort of double your income. <laughs> now, obviously, you don't think a pig ear sandwich is weird or odd because it's a staple in your your family business. But what do you think of uh, as an odd or peculiar food that you've eaten that you find strange? Wow. Um, I'm one of those guys not going to eat anything. You know, um, I think one of the strangest things I've ever eaten, let's say I've eaten brains, but brains isn't really odd anymore. I've eaten um, heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, being a, Fili- a Filipino background, we have something called balut, which is a a, a chicken embryo. I've eaten that. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Well, that is a weird, that's a weird food. But speaking of brains, we've got a caller from Calhoun County, Dudley. He's going to tell us all about eating brains and eggs. All what about right. it, buddy? Well, I do think it's uh, a redneck uh, caviar. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the brains. <laughs> well, it's just as growing up on a farm back in the, in the late 40s and 50s, and this was one a delicacy. We'd have brains and eggs along when we'd kill hogs, and they were delicious. And you can even buy them, you know, in cans. Mm-hmm. But uh, most people don't seem to think they're they're yucky, but they are delicious. And I, the only problem, they're very very high in cholesterol. Oh. but most. Uh, so most or, of the pig is on cholesterol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think as you said, as you said, you're from um, you were. Did you say you were raised on a farm? Yes. You know, and, and and as you know, nothing from the pig gets wasted. It's all used right. for something. Yeah, from the skin to the ears to the snout. Yeah, and we say from the Saint, rooter to the in tutor. In St. Louis, <laughs> they they actually have snout, or they call them snoot sandwiches. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Well, Dudley, we appreciate the call about uh, brains and eggs. I, I've certainly heard about that. I think maybe I tried it once. It, it doesn't sound too appealing to me, but, you know, what do I know? Weird is in the eye of the beholder. So, Gina, what else is going on down on Fair Street? I think Johnny T's is open, and is there one other? Um, there's another business or two down there, but yeah. I think we lost the uh, the old Peaches Cafe. Yeah, we, we did lose the Peaches Cafe. We did have another restaurant open up a few months ago um, right next door to Johnny T's. It's um, I think it's called Ferris Street Fish House and great oh, food. Okay. You know, so that's neat to have a few more things down there. Um, and we still have a shoe store that's down there, and that's pretty much it, man. That's um, not much else. You know, um, and that's what we love about Ferris Street. We, we love the street. We don't like the emptiness of it, but when people are coming to Ferris Street, more than likely they're probably coming to see us. When we see somebody circling the area, we used to go outside and here hey, we are. Right we're open yeah. right over here. <laughs> you know they're looking for the funeral home or the Big Apple. That's Inn. right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Gino, we thank you for coming in. Don't leave. We're going to keep you around for, if you got time for okay. another segment. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about cool lickles, and we're going to see if you know anything about Kool-Aid. Uh, pickles. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But we appreciate you tuning in today. Give us a call if you're interested. one 672 7464 Email us to food at org. If there's something peculiar, unusual, odd, or weird that you eat or have eaten or know about that people eat, get involved in the conversation. We're going to take a break, come back with Gino Lee, Carol Puckett, and Deep South Dining. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett and Gino Lee from the Big Apple Inn on Ferris Street in downtown Jackson. Welcome back, folks. Hey, Malcolm. Uh, I'm not quite finished talking about pig ears. Okay, well, talk on then. <laughs> well, I just thought about uh, April Bloomfield, who's, who's a very well-known chef, has a, has a restaurant in New York called The Spotted Pig. Okay. And she took a page out of Gina Lee's playbook. And anyway, she has a pig ear salad with a lemon caper dressing. Actually, I believe her pig ear is fried. Okay. okay. But it goes from Farish Street to the upper echelons of, of New York cooking. It does. It and really does. And I think does. you have a story about Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, well, you know, one thing, Andrew Zimmerman, you've heard of him, Bizarre oh, Foods? Yeah. When he came down, the one thing that he really liked, he had a show called, he has a show called Bizarre Foods, and he said it wasn't bizarre to eat a pig ear because pig ear is a staple, especially in the South. What was bizarre was a restaurant, especially that's African-American owned, lasting for 80 years in the South. And that right. was yeah. But when Anthony Bourdain came down, he had a show called Parts Unknown. And what was neat about that was he had just left New York and ate this fancy restaurant and got a pig ear appetizer. And I think it was fried. And they sliced it and garnished it and made it so pretty and charged $25. Whoa. And that's what he was talking about when he came to Mississippi, how... Um, these fancy restaurants have taken peasant food and just capitalized on it. You know, pig ears, we got them free. You yeah, know, and they're charging yeah. $25 for a sliced and diced pig ear. Well, good for them. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Bad on us. <laughs> People complain about my dollar sixty. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a caller on the line. Chico is calling in. He wants to talk about the Johnny Burger from Tupelo. What's up, Chico? Good morning, y'all. Hey, Let Chico. me tell you, I was, uh, Saturday night I was in Clarksdale at the Shack Up Inn at Hank Burdine's Fried Green Tomatoes Festival. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Need to be there next year. That was a good one. It's a real good one. I recommend it. I want to say a little bit about the Johnny Burgers at Johnny's Drive-In. If I had to have a last meal, 
That's what I would pick. Oh, wow. Without, with, without hesitation. Because, you know, food is so much a part of our lives. It's like art and air. It becomes part of who we are. And I was taken into Johnny's Drive-In two days after I was born in 1961. Wow. And I, it's, I've taken people there, especially Elvis tourists. Right. And musicians that were passing through Oxford that wanted to see the Elvis birthplace, it was always kind of my job to take them over there. And I always take them to Johnny's, and they get a big kick out of it. And I'm kind of apprehensive when they get to Johnny Burger because it's a very unique thing. There's never been anyone say they didn't like it. <laughs> well, I love <laughs> those burgers. You know what I like oh, yeah. a lot is the giant slice of onion. It's almost mm. as large as the burger itself, the patty. I've never I, been there. I've got to try that. Tupelo, I, Mississippi. I, do want to say I think we need the, a slug burger tour, Gina. Oh, I think so, too. No, I love slug burgers. <laughs> well, the slug burger region does go all the way down to Amory in Monroe County. There's Bill's hamburgers there. Exactly. It also good. goes to West Tennessee. And to yeah. New and, Albany. And to yeah. uh, western Alabama. It seems to stop in New Albany, though, there at the river, right, Chico? It doesn't get to Oxford. No, that's that's correct. They're way that's too correct. cool in Oxford to eat a slug or a, a dough burger. <laughs> and if they did eat one, they'd pay twenty dollars for it. That's right. That's right. All right, Chico. Thanks a million for calling in. We're going to go to another caller. Tom is on the line talking about peanut butter BLTs. What's up, Tom? Well, uh, when I was growing up, my sister and I, uh, the lady that raised us, that cooked for us in Leland, Mississippi put peanut butter on BLTs, and I was 16. I went to a ball game in Oxford, went to the Beacon and ordered a BLT, and sent it, tried to send it back because it didn't have peanut butter. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now that's but, weird. Yeah, it's weird, but it sure is good. Kind of like a BLT anyway. with an Elvis twist. You know, the Elvis twist, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows. Anyway, it's good. Try it. We will. Thanks for calling. That's a BLT with peanut butter for those of you who are listeners who are trying to uh, put a little imagination into your BLTs this time of year. We've got another caller on the phone. we got Jenny calling from River City, Vicksburg. Wants to talk about turtle soup, I think. What's up, Jenny? Hi. Um, I'm Jenny. I grew up in Boonville, too. I, I played basketball at Northeast under uh, Ricky Ford, so your dad was the president when I was there. Wow, that's cool. Ricky Ford's now the president. So you, that is you, you paid for you played ball for Ricky Ford. Now he's the president of Northeast. <laughs> What's That's going on? Right. You in Vicksburg now? I am in Vicksburg, and you probably know some of my family, Kermit Jones. Um, he's my uncle. Another and great basketball name. <laughs> anyway, um, he ate the pigs and uh, brains. My grandfather had a they had a slaughterhouse, and we would slaughter the pigs. And I remember ladies coming and getting the uh, getting the intestines to make chitlins. And my grandfather had a pond, and I was a young girl, and, and a man, a black man came out there, and my grandfather had caught all these uh, snapping turtles in a trap, and I asked the man, I said, well, what are you going to do with all those turtles? Because I used to get my grandfather to cut them off my line when I would catch them on my fishing line, because right. I was scared of them, but he would trap them. He said, he said girl, I'm going to make turtle soup. And I just said, really? And he said, yeah, it's real good. So, I mean, I never ate it. But oh, I it's so good. You well, know. it's a delicacy in New Orleans. I mean, Commander's Palace. Yeah, add a little sherry right yeah, before right. you eat it. Chop up the egg and put on the boiled egg. And put I it on bet the you they charge a lot for They charge a lot it. of they money do. for those snapping turtles <laughs> down in New Orleans. All right, we're going to... Uh, 
talk now a little bit about, thank you, Jenny, for the call. We're going to talk now about the Kulikl. Oh, the Kulikl is one of my favorites. As you know, I worked up in the Delta for about 10 years and ran into this phenomenon of the first time we were doing a cooking class and talking about vegetables. And kids actually thought a Kulikl was a vegetable. So it sent me running well, it's a to, cucumber. Yeah, yeah, to my nearest uh, double quick <laughs> double quick store gas station and the kulikels are right next like the pig feet mm-hmm. and the pickled eggs but it is a pickle soaked in Kool-Aid and to do it right you need a double batch of Kool-Aid and then you add a copious amount of sugar to it. <laughs> mm. But it was popularized in 2007 when the great food writer and food historian John T. Edge did a half-page story in the New York Times. So and all of a sudden, the Kulikl you know, spread across the country. Even Walmart started their own, uh, they couldn't, you know, can't really call it Kulikls, but theirs are called Tropicals oh, with boy. Fruit Punch. What do you think they pay for one up in New York City? <laughs> I bet they pay pay $20. But at the Double Quick, you get a slice for 50 cents. Or if you want to put your whole pickle together, it's a mm. dollar. And some you know, people do them whole. I'm thinking there's going to be an appetizer soon on the Walker's Drive-In menu with the with the cool lickle <laughs> and a little relish on the top. The, the color for, is 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 disgusting it's It's weird it's It's weird weird. well we like weird it's it's red i mean it's you know has a lot of red dye on a green pickle seems like you can make a green i mean some people do lemon kool-aid or lime kool-aid it seems to me like you know you can make a great slaw out of the kool-aid it'll probably be great you know um, we have people to come around on ferris street with the little basket selling kool-aids and you get your flavor you can get a grape or strawberry or whatever yeah you can yeah, pickles are a big, um, a big delicacy here in here in Mississippi. You should have them for the cultural tours that come through now for the pig ear sandwiches and for dessert. They they can uh, can get a cool liquid. Now I know y'all put your coleslaw. I'm I'm going to hang on to coleslaw for a minute <clears throat> on all your sandwiches. Is that a family? Recipe secret, or do you talk about what what kind of coleslaw? No, you there's no secret to that. In fact, it's not really a slaw. All we do is just shred cabbage. That's all it is: is shredded cabbage. And the only reason why I use shredded cabbage is it, it, it gave more of a crunch than mustard. Ah. I mean, not mustard, than, than lettuce. Then yeah, lettuce. you know, that's and that's why idea. he used cabbage. So no vinegar or anything. In no it? vinegar. Just or straight shaved cabbage. That's it. Yeah, and we have to cut it several times a day because if you keep it stored too long, you know, it'll turn brown. Yeah. So we're 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 shredding cabbage all day long. Wow. That's cool. Malcolm, I want to go yeah. back to pig parts. Go right parts. ahead. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about uh, pigtails, crispy fried pigtails. That's a big deal. Right. But it, this all made me think about the great chef Jacques Pepin. And he visited Greenwood, visited Viking Range a number of years ago. And before he left, he had to go to the Piggly Wiggly because they had pig parts that he can't get in New York City. You know, he grew up in France where cooks right. use all of the pigs. Mm-hmm. So he went on a plane back to New York with many pig parts. <laughs> <laughs> and he packed them in dry ice, and I he hope. Packed them. Yeah, they, we packed them, but, but it, was, it was a big story around town. Hmm. What Which else is going common, on? You know, in, 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 in supermarkets here in the South, right. I mean, you can get pigtails, pig feet, all of it anywhere. I mean, who pig knew ears? that was weird food in yeah. New York? What's weird is I did a food show, Carol, in New York. Um, years ago, and um, I was supposed to cook a bunch of smokes and pig ears for 3,000 people. They were able to get my pig ears easily up there, but I couldn't get my smokes. 
This was the Big Apple Barbecue, I bet. No, actually, it was um, it was a Food Network event. Oh. And um, we were competing against other restaurants. And um, cool, we took first place. But I couldn't, I, the, I couldn't get the smokes up there because, as I said, the smoke sausage is not made or shipped out of the state. I had to bring cases and cases and cases of smoke sausage, smoke sausage on the plane with me. Well, who wow. makes it here? It's only made now in Mississippi. it's made by Polk. By Polk's yes. Picky People Pick Polk's. There you go, yes. Down on 49 South. That's in it. In McGee. Yeah. Wow. So when you drive by there and you see the smoke. I salute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think before we wrap up, we should talk about state fair food. Good, because good. That's really a house of horrors when you go to state fair. It's how weird does it get? And um, fried butter. Oof. Is like the grossest thing I've ever heard. Now, that's that's an Iowa though. thing. Right? Well, it started at the state fair in Iowa, but unfortunately, it spread. And mm. what you do is you take the frozen stick of butter and run a pick or a little wooden popsicle stick through it, uh-huh. dip it in batter, and fry it. Mm. Oh my gosh! Red alert. What about the deep fried Twinkie? Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Love it. Same thing. You dip it in batter and dip it in beer, batter and fry it. And what about deep fried ravioli filled with beer? Texas Never fan. Texas. <laughs> well, we could be weird for the rest of the day, but there are other shows coming on, and Deep South Dining has got to jump off the air. Gino Lee, thank you so much for coming in. Carol, it's always great to spend Monday mornings with you right here on MPB Think Radio. We are a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. Funded by generous contributors like yourself. Java Chapman is our producer and our spiritual leader. Uh, I'm Malcolm White with Carol Puckett, and we want to thank you for tuning in. Please stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And join us next Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning for Deep South Dining, nowhere but MPB Think Radio.